With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. He's back. SEN Fridays at the top end, 16, 11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin, Robbie and Raf. How exciting is it? Anthony McDonald, Tipping Woody, is on his way back to the Bombers. What were your thoughts on this news this week, Robert? The Bombers uh, man? Yeah, yeah. It's exciting news. Um, obviously, you've got those young Davy boys coming through in the draft and Mankara. So I think it's a smart move to have Waller there when those boys are going to be there and, and help them develop. And if he can get back, he's going to have to get back to his peak fitness. Mm. But if he gets back to that, it should be you know, good signs. Is that a concern for you, Rob? There's always that big if, and I think we can't beat around the bush a little bit here. Waller was underprepared this year in the AFL, and mm. he's going to have to do a lot of work, I think, to get back to the Waller that we all love and expect. How good would it be? It would be one of the best comebacks I reckon I've ever seen if he can come back and be like a 30, 40 goal small forward this year. But what's your gut feeling? Do you reckon that he'll need a lot of work with his fitness or do you reckon that he's kept himself in pretty good shape? I think he'll need a little bit of work having two years off. So he's going to have to just, you know, get back in there, train, work hard, and it might be a bit more of a leadership role with those young forwards. And mm. Matty Guelphie's sort of stepped into his role a bit with the defensive pressure in the forward line. So it's sort of, you know, I'm not too sure on how, how he's going to go, but, yeah, he's going to have to lift a few notches. Raph, how much of that decision for the Bombers to get McDonald, Tip and Woody back do you think would be for that mentor position for players like Young Wanganeen and the Davy boys that are likely to come through. Anthony Mankara, of course, is a chance to end up at the Bombers. Do you think that a part of him coming back is to be that mentor? Yeah, I think it is, mate. Um, you know, because it's, it's hard to, you know, step back into AFL after, you know, even six months out of the game. And even if you had a long-term injury, you see some guys struggle to find their feet again. Um, but, you know, it's good to see. Um, you always like to see charity boys playing AFL, and especially excite machine like Waller. So if he can get back to what we all know him and become to see of Waller. Um, but, yeah, a big role would be to help those younger boys fit in a qu- quite quicker. Um, you know, if there's any secrets he can give them and help them fit in and feel more at home, um, then it's only going to be a positive for Bombers. Um, even if Waller has only run around the VFL yeah. and he's helping them play in the VFL to get their confidence up, mate. It's um, it's going to be a big positive move for all of them, I guess. Robert Hale, two-time NTFL Premiership player, plenty of coaching. How was the week? Uh, it was a quiet week for me. I didn't go to any football games. I had mm. some family stuff on, which, you know... But I've got the saints Cliff game this week, so I'm excited for that. Um, but, yeah, busy week in the uh, work space. I love your preparation, Rob. You've got... So, Raph and I are new age people with the laptops up. We've got all these different tabs open and that sort of stuff. You've got about five pages of the old 48-page note 
notebook. Yeah, <laughs> scribbled everywhere. A lot of stuff crossed out. I yeah. love it though. Hey, Raph, how are the Division cool, Two man. boys looking? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Uh, another win. Like I said, uh, maybe last week we're down to four team competition, so uh, we played Pints again. Um, <laughs> they were looking like a stronger side. They dropped. The, they picked probably their strongest Premier League side, and they got the win over Wanderers. So the flying effect. Um, which had me a bit worried, I thought, because um, we picked, a, a, you know, we rested a few of our old old guns and Iggy Vallejo and those likes and um, myself and, and whatnot. So and we played about five under 18 boys. So I thought we were going to have a, a tough game. Um, we did, but in the end, we still ran away with a five goal or six goal win. So, yeah, yeah still knocking on the NTFL's door for uh, <laughs> a Div 1 call up, mate. And, and we're still going to push that, um, you know, no matter what. Um, so, yeah, it was a. Once again, every time you win, it's always good. But uh, we missed out on the St. Mary's annual Shuey Sini fishing comp, which is unfortunately. So we got back and got to watch everyone else come back from fishing, um, Mm. which is always hard to do. But we joined in the the celebrations of the fishing day. In memory of the great man, Shuey Sini. Hey, Raf, this is going to sound like a very dumb question. And we have a bit of a contest who can ask the silliest question. I think Rob's winning right now asking Marcus Totem about his, his wonderful night at the Nichols. It was live stream. That's, 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 that's the clubhouse winner. winner at the moment. But, Ralph, do you get more concerned almost about being too dominant and winning too much and having that outside perspective being like, guys, this is a social competition and we have all you ex-AFL blokes and ex-NTFL champs dominating. Is that a bigger concern than actually winning a game of footy? Yeah, I think it is. And I think I touched on it last week, um, you know, because, you know, Obviously, other clubs would be pointing the finger and going, "These guys are just taking the, you know, mm. taking the Mickey here." And you know, why don't they go play a harder grade or or push themselves up? So you know, like I mentioned last week, we we flagged that from round one that we wanted to be in Div One. Um, so you know, I so just to make it clear to everyone out there listening, Raf. You're not enjoying this big fish in a small pond type situation. You're not thinking, hey, let's get all the boys together, smash everyone and get an easy flag. That's not what you're thinking, is nah, it? No, mate, it was, it was all about getting the older boys back together and having a kick and have a bit of fun. And mm. um, you know, Because you there will be blokes criticising you. There will be people criticising yeah, definitely. the team. And, um, you know, it's not, you know, it's not our, our, uh. our doing. Like it's, um, we're happy to step up and play Div 1. So if the if it option comes... Um, you know, you're not playing in any any competition. If you were playing in the side with the four-team comp and you knew you already beat the other three oh, teams yeah. by a fair margin, um, there's not much to look forward to. No. Um, and, you know, this, the side's getting stronger. I haven't played any of the Hill boys yet, Daniel and Aiden mm. Hill. Aiden Hill's about a five-time premiership player as well um, for St. Mary's. So, you know, he's looking to come back and play. Um, Nick Ingle played about uh, two quarters, but he was running around about... Um, 50% mm. stayed in the goal square. So, you know, the, I'm, I'm, you know we're only going to get stronger, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't look good for the comp. So, yep. yeah. Um, I don't know how the other teams are going to respond. Is there a premiership market out there anywhere? I don't, I don't <laughs> even know, mate. I don't know that question. I don't know where they're going to have a be onto it. system yeah, for all teams. So, um, it, it's, it's just a week-by-week week thing at the moment. And... Um, you know, it's a funny thing. We we have a have a beer after training and on Tuesdays yeah. and Thursdays, so it is a social thing yeah. for us boys. It's just unfortunate we have a lot of past Play pretty, pretty good, players yeah. and a pretty good list. So yeah, yeah. So I apologies to the other three sides, um, but yeah, like I said, we're we're, we're pushing for a Div One um, call up. Well, it has been the season of the ex-AFL player. Hamish Hartlett making his debut for Nycliffe this weekend. Gary Ablett next weekend. Over the past couple of weeks, we've had Mad Jack Daw, Mitch Robinson. The list really goes on. Robbie, is this the rise of the ex-AFL player this season? Because it's not only that they're coming in numbers or, or in high profile. 
They're playing good footy. We look at our top 10, SEN top 10, which we will do later in the show, and you're rolling, well, not rolling, but the early third of the season team of the year. Yep. There are a lot of ex-AFL players in that. I don't know if I can remember an AFL, sorry, an NTFL season that has been more impacted by the ex-AFL player. Yeah, definitely. Um, they've just been in the top end of the players, and they're probably players that are also, you know... Um, Players that are, what's the way I just put it, but the players that suit the NTFL style mm. of play, you know, they're not sort of the inside mids. Or, Sam Darley types, yeah, good runners. Yeah, like the good running types, Jetta. like Mitch Robinson, Jetters and those guys. And, you know, I, I think with our 22, we've got 890 AFL games in that oh, side wow. and a thousand, over a thousand goals. So that's pretty, you know, that's a pretty strong team with seven AFL listed in the 22. We'll go through that later. But Rob, I reckon we go straight into the NTFL power rankings. It was another interesting round of football. We're going to start at the top or the bottom? We'll start with the bottom. Start with the bottom. Yeah. What do you have? So we're going to go with like seeding. So we've got the nosebleeds. And for me, it's Tiwis and and Eagles. So I've got Eagles actually as the Spooners right now. I just, yeah. So like that's where I'm seeing those guys. I think think both sides could win maybe five, four, five, six games. But, you know, Tiwi got a good game uh, over against Crocs this week. But, yeah, I've got them two down the bottom, not making finals now. Rob, I think there'll be plenty of discussion on Wanderers this show. Another disappointing result on the weekend uh, against Pint. But mm. for me, they're just a, such a hard team to write off because they've got so many talented players on paper. Mm. What is going wrong there? I've got no idea. In a idea. nutshell. Yeah, <laughs> I've got no idea. I think we probably should touch on it a bit later. But, mm. yeah, there's a lot of issues. Oh, there's a lot of issues. And, and we watched a bit of their game last night, and it was, even I was frustrated watching it. And the Bombers, uh, how do you rate the job that Brenton Toy is doing? Because you've got them still in the nose, please, um, and they mm. do have a lot of work to do. But they are definitely taking strides forward. Yeah, they definitely are. They've got a lot of recruits um, that are handy. Um, it's something to touch on as well, but um, some very handy recruits, and they're going to win. I reckon they're going to be the toughest draw over on the island. That's going to probably be the hardest away game, and I reckon only the top three sides will beat them over there. So is Districts the top three side? Well, they should be if, they, if they're going to win this weekend against them. So that was the nosebleeds. Now, who has access to the cheap seats? Cheap seats, uh, Pints, Buffs, and Saints at the moment, all right? So, is that in any order? Yeah, I'd go Pints, Buffs, Saints as my order right now. But St. Mary's have a strong side name this week. If they beat uh, Nightcliffe, it puts them straight back in that, you know, to that top of that group. Um, you know, like obviously Nightcliffe losing and how even the competition is, this changes week by week. But... Judging from the form we've seen so far, I think Pints, Buffs, Saints is the order. So you rate Pint very highly. I'm not sure if I agree just yet. I think the top-end talent of St. Mary's and Buffaloes uh, could just give them an advantage over Pint, but interesting call. Yep. Obviously a big game this week for sure, Rob. Darwin, Buffaloes versus Pint. That might that might determine your rankings next week, won't it? Yeah, it definitely will. And, and how Nycliffe go against Saints as yeah. well. Like It will absolutely throw it. The spanner in the works here if Tiwi beat Districts and then B- Pints, it's a big week. Pints and then Saints beat Nightcliff, that just throws everything out of order. So. Cool. So you've done the nosebleeds, the cheap seats. Who is sitting pretty? So sitting pretty is Nightcliff on top, which I'm, you know I'm not moving from that. Even they lost on the weekend. Uh, Tars, Palmerston, then Districts. So they're the top four. But obviously it doesn't matter about top four. You need to be top three. We've mm. gone through this previously. So you need to be in that top three. I think everyone's, besides the year Wanderers won it from fifth, everyone's won it from, you know, out in that top three for the last seven seven seasons besides that year. Um, and you've seen last year with Waratahs, they finished, thir- they finished third, won both games, got straight through to the granny. So you just have to be in that top three. We might analyse this a little bit more after the break. But last question, are Nycliffe still your premiership favourites? I think if you're going to put money on it, I'd probably say Nightcliff, 
but that's just knowing what, what they've got. They're very so reliable, aren't they? They're too? reliable. They've got a lot of players coming. My only issue with Nycliffe is when sh- when stuff doesn't go their way, they don't change anything. Mm. They've got no way of throwing the board around. So if, if it does come in a final, they just the players do it themselves, don't they, Raph? Yeah, mate. Um, and the best thing, I think, in going on that list is how even the comp is. I don't mm. think we've had a, mm. a season like this for a long time where, you know, if... if, if if Tiwi get going or Wanderers get going, like we know mm, they all yeah. do, like Wanderers are one of those teams that after Christmas don't lose a game. Um, you know, the way the season is looking, it's looking to shape up to be anyone's final at the moment mm. to me. But like you said, those Tars and Nycliffe are sitting pretty at the top, um, and which is awesome to see. Uh, you know, to see such a competitive competition like this is, mm. is what everyone wants to see. Yeah, I said the other year that when St Mary's finished Wooden Spooners, that was probably the best Wooden Spoon team that I'd ever seen. But I reckon the team that finishes bottom this year could give them a run for their money. Yeah, like exactly. if you look at Wanderers' team on paper or Tiwi's team yeah. on paper, they will be able to assemble a really, really good team. Plenty more to come on SEN Fridays in the top end, 16, 11 a.m. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin finding a place to write your next chapter. SEN Fridays at the top end, 16, 11 a.m. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Robbie, one of the most anticipated segments of the week: the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yep. Can you start with the good, please? Good was Pints, you know, winning by eight mm. goals in the end. When they entered the comp, most of us had them for the spoon. Um, I had them winning one game, but their ability to recruit and perform over four quarters makes them a legit- legitimate finals chance this year. And if they win this week, then they're really in that top five, I feel. I don't think that Shannon Motlop gets a lot of credit for his actual tactical coaching. But I think credit where credit is due this year, they look a very well-drilled side. I think if you were to say which team in the comp looks the best coached or the most well-drilled, you could put a claim in for Pint, couldn't you? Yeah, definitely. And they've got those real workman-like players that just keep performing, um, chipping in, and you know, and they share their workload a lot better than other sides. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when you talk about Shannon Motlop, do you look at that Wanderers side and it's probably if not better than when he coached mm. them and he took them to a, you know, a prelim final. Yeah. Um, so... You know, big shout out to Shannon Mollop and he's he's coaching and what he's done to the Pines team. So, you know, we had Shannon on in one of our very mm. first segments. So, you know, shout Shannon's missing it. Shout out to Shannon and, and the Pines boys and what he's doing down there. Big call, Rob, but is Stephen Motlop regretting his decision to become a Mark Mark? Oh, I think, yeah, I don't, I'm don't. i not too sure on that. I heard that he actually said something to a player two weeks ago that... Jeez, I should have just went to Pines as a joke. But, you know, sometimes these things can be true. Yeah. So I don't know. But, yeah. I do appreciate the sense of humour, though. Yep. And the bad. The bad for me was just Buff... Uh, was not Buffalo, sorry. It's just the heat policy stuff, just because I think... We, we, we do play in this heat. Mm. We've played in this heat. Everyone knows what the season is. And now we're short in quarters and the weather policy as well. Like my son didn't play on the weekend. There was a little bit of thunder like on the other side of going away and it was raining a tad and they called the game off. And I think our kids just don't play enough footy up here compared to down oh, south. And Exactly, mate. Kids aren't playing enough footy up here. And we're being sensible about this. Like yeah. We're not saying that they should be playing in these torrential thunderstorms where you know lightning's 100 metres away. Mm. But... It's, it just seems a bit over the top, doesn't so it? That, that was my Monday Arvo. I drove out to Norbilt. We had a weather delay. It was a bit of rain. It was like we were playing cricket. Yeah. And then the boys didn't play. And I was just, and my brothers, uh, two sisters come. So it really was just, yeah. What, if you know, what are the quarters now? Because it's uh, a bit of a change, isn't it? I think the under, tw- yeah, I think the under 10s is, under 12s for my son's like 10-minute quarters. So there's just lot, not enough footy. Even when I was coaching 18s, you got 18-minute quarters. A footy gets kicked over the fence. You yeah. retrieve the footy, and it's just really hard to get. And then players will go into senior football. It's 25 minutes, and you got to fill in, and it's a whole extra quarter and a bit. Uh, ridiculous. Uh, and very quickly, because we do need to go to a break, but ugly. 
Uh, ugly, oh, it's wondrous, but well, they finished fourth last year. You had Stephen Motlop, Ed Simpson in for the season. Um, Dan McFarlane, Brody Newman still there. With Marlon's strong, playing more Marlon regularly. with a strong local base. I'm just confused where they're at. I had them in a scope of three to six, prob- probably finishing fifth. Right now, I think, you know, they are the spoon favourites, in my opinion. And the positive was they were a you know, goal down at three-quarter time, but conceded eight goals in the last quarter to be blown out of the park. I think there's plenty we can talk about Wanderers and plenty that we will talk about Wanderers. Rob, I had them as a premiership chance this year. I said that yeah. a premiership was... I didn't think they were the favourites or anything, but that was certainly within that window. And it is looking like a long, long season for the Eagles. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Randonhorn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. SEN Fridays at the top end, 16, 11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Robbie, we only have a short period of time, but could you please go through your power rankings one more time? Yep. So from the top, we'll go, I've got Nycliffe 1, Tars 2, Palmerston 3, Districts 4, Pints 5, Buffalo 6, Saints 7, Tiwi 8, Eagles 9. Mate, there can't be much at the top. So I look at 3 and 4, for example. Mm. Palmerston, in my opinion, have the best team on paper in the competition, and I yeah. think have shown with a win over Nycliffe that they can match anyone. Districts mm-hmm. have just beaten Nycliffe pretty comprehensively, 20 scoring shots to 11 out at Norbilt. Why are they still behind Nycliffe and Waratah, and what do they need to do? There mustn't be much in it, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Palmerston are probably, you know, they are sitting pretty on top. I'm sort of thinking Palmerston might have shown a few more, a bit more of their hand than other sides. Mm. So that's why I've got them there. But I do have them as a third-ranked side right now, and you need to finish in that top three, like we mentioned. And I, I think Nycliffe and Tars are, you know, Tars haven't had put their best side out there all year. I think they're going to have a lot of players come in, and Nycliffe as well. have got a few very good players coming in. Um, and Southern Districts are the team. If they can start winning away from home, they're a real top three chance. Rob, it's going to be a big trick for you to see if you can sum this up in about 10 seconds, but why a pint above Tiwi when they lost to them last week? I just think that away factor of playing at the island, like I think that's a side four to five, six probably doesn't beat Tiwi over on the islands in my opinion. So I think that's just pints and they've got enough good wins on the board. Plenty more to come. Plenty of footy talk coming up. This is SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. SEN Fridays at the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Robbie, one of the most exciting segments for the show for mine, and that is the SEN top end 10. It's got plenty of traction. You have been batting away messages in your private mail, some abusive, some thanking you, some <laughs> offering bribery. But yeah. let us know how the list goes this week. I think we normally start at 10, don't we? Yeah, start at 10, but we've got a few players. You've got Jackson Calder, Ed Morris, Stokes and Hams all on the outside, but we're going to go with Morris for that number 10 spot. So Ed Morris from uh, Waratah has just been very consistent the whole season um, and been one of their best, or probably their most consistent player, hasn't he? So you wanted to jump the gun. I was going to wait to the end about the unlucky players and keep people in suspense. But Bradley Stokes, mate, left out of the team despite a 27 disposal week. He's been nestled in the top five pretty much. Comes out, gets his 27, and he gets cut. What's going on there? Oh, it's a line ball decision. I just, I, I, I sort of want Buster. You know, I'll probably expect him to win on the weekend. And he, it's probably more just favouring those midfielders as well, and the blokes that get the ball forward to centre maybe. But yeah, I just, I probably would have. You could argue for him for ten, but I don't think over number nine. No, you're right. Onwards. I think that Buff's duty to start winning games of football. His brother Jared's also probably someone that could sneak into the list at some point this year. Number nine. So you got the Nycliffe captain, Ryan Nyhouse, mm. was best best on for mine against Waratahs. Didn't get in the best three at the club, but he was clearly outstanding. He was outstanding on the weekend in a loss. A new addition to the list. With his versatility, he might just be Nycliffe's most important player. Yeah, he plays on a back flank as well. He doesn't take a gorilla and he just, just you know, peels off and just intercepts a lot of uh, inside 50 ball. Bit of the rough clerks about Ryan Nyhouse. 
Yeah, that's a dangerous role. Um, with a bit of license to attack and defend, um, read it and, and play footy, um, <laughs> which is probably the best position I'd I love playing and, um, you know, you, the coach backs you in to do your job. Mm. If you see the ball, you go get it. Um, if you can pull it up or get forward and sneak forward and kick a goal, it's um, one of the best positions, I reckon. Robert, number eight has been super exciting for our competition. Yeah, Harley Bennell. So he's just been performing for Tiwi, um, just turning up every week, getting his, you know, 30, uh, high 20s every week and, you know, really driving that leadership at the uh, Tiwi Bombers and that intensity that he brings. You know they're a pretty good 20 or 30 touches too, don't you, Raf? They're not going to be wasted too many. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And uh, when he gets the ball, he's hitting at that pace. Mm. He's not, you know, getting the kick back to him in the back pocket and, you know, slowing the game down. I think he's, he's on the move and his next kick is always um, setting someone else up or putting them inside 50. Putting you all on the spot here, but no one knows his link to Tiwi Bombers and how he arrived at the club? No, no yeah. idea. But he's living at Miller Carpety from all reports. Yeah. Might so. have to get him on the show at one point. I reckon it'd be great to have a chat well, with Harley. Yeah, well, I had a missed call from Brenton Toy yesterday. He didn't return my call back when I tried to call him. So, Toysy, mate, give me a call back. Thanks, he's, mate. Uh, yeah. He's put a, I'll find a out. few posts up of him fishing and um, out on the boat a fair bit, Harley Bennell. So, oh. he's loving life at the moment, which is awesome to see. Number seven, Rob? Uh, yeah, number seven is uh, Lant, Dill Lant. And that's just, they had the buy, so he slid out, but he's second, I think, or third in the most touches in the league, but would probably be up there in number one for average over games. So, yeah, Lant is number seven. Probably not too much more to add about Dylan Lant. A very good player, deserves his spot on the list. He's been around that spot probably for the every yeah, since he debuted in the NTFL, really. Yeah, I think a southerner that sort of adapts to the territory football and the way of like, territory footy, yeah, so he fits in well. Probably something we can discuss further in a future episode, but... It's always interesting, I think, the dynamic of recruiting and how some teams seem to get it right by recruiting certain players that adapted the territory footy really well, like mm. you said at Dylan Lant, and then you see some other clubs routinely just get the wrong player up or a player that just underperforms up here, and it's there is a bit of an art and a bit of a science to recruiting for the NTFL. Yeah, definitely. You don't want to get too many inside mids that are slow that can't deal with it. You know, you sort of have to have that outside game, and it's a bit of a worry, though, because Dylan Lant sort of named as an emergency this week, which, mm. you know, and they've got a strong side. I've got a feeling he's not going to play. I feel like... He could be injured, maybe, so that will risk his spot. So. The next couple of players on your list are players who I think are perfect footballers, ex-AFL players for the NTFL. Let's start with number six. Number six is Sam Darley. So Darley's just going about his business. They moved him to halfback on the weekend which for patches, which was good. Great recruit, and I think he's been trying to get up to Darley for a long time, and no one's given him a go. No, there's a few players in that category, yeah. but yeah, Darley has expressed interest to come up to Darwin, and I think he's got a relative up here, and he can spend a lot of time up in Darwin. You said something about him potentially moving up. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy how these blows can slip under the radar, Then they finally get their chance, and they get their 30, 40 touches every week, but I reckon Dali's definitely a top liner of the NTFL, one of the best players uh, going around. He sort of reminds me of Jack Geary a little bit at St. Mary's. So different footballers, mm. but players that their weapon is just their work rate and their ability to cover the ground. And I think that's what Dali does very well. Yep. Number five. It's the devil, Neville, Jeddah. <laughs> so Jeddah's you know, been an outstanding player the last few weeks, best like, best player mm. on the weekend against Buffalo. He's running off halfback. How's his partnership with Hams? Hams, yeah. And I think they're driving, what I'm hearing, they're driving some real strong standards at the football club. Um, you look up, they go to the disposals, Hams' disposal efficiencies as well as in the 90s, and Jeddah's just running off and creating. It's, it's a dynamic duo down there. 
So I've heard that they are, like you said, they're driving that culture. They're very hard mm-hmm. taskmasters. If you miss a target or you're not defending or you're not in the right spot, Neville and uh, Ashton will tell you about it. And that's an interesting thing because we have seen AFL players come up and we talk about it a lot, how they perform in the NTFL. And, and some AFL players aren't as engaged as others mm-hmm. where you get blokes like Ashton Hams, his first year at the club. Neville Jett is a flying player. It's yep. great to see these blokes fully commit to the club. Raph, I imagine Eddie Betts would be the same. Travis Farco mm-hmm. is looking like he's ready to play some football. I think that's the thing. Palmerston at the start of the year, when I looked at all these ex-AFL players rumoured to come, I was kind of like, yeah, so what? Because, Raph, you would know that some ex-AFL players come up just for the experience and they don't necessarily buy into the club or produce really good football. You cannot say that about these Palmerston guys. They have all been fantastic. Yeah, exactly, mate. And probably shows why they're sitting pretty up to top there. And um, the buy-in has been a, a massive. And um, and that's what you want. Um, and that's what we tend to see more mm. now. So, mm. you know, these guys are moving up. Um, to actually play a full season or they're, they're playing more than the four games they needed to qualify. They actually want to play their eight to ten games and actually have buy-in. So it, it's awesome to see. And, Ralph, you'd know how important it is as having a back line that's, you know, ordered, does, does those orders and covers off and really, you know, controls that discipline that's aspect. That's it. And, and the way I believe you know, your games are won or your, your premiership teams are built, a lot of people believe your midfield and forwards, but I, I believe your half-back line is just mm. as important. And if, if you get your half-back, because they see most of the game clearly, can see up the field, um, you know, especially for covering off and setting up your defence, um, your half-back line, to me, is almost your most important line. Yeah. In at number four is another ex-AFL player who I believe has dropped one spot this week. Yeah, Stephen Motlop I've got down at four, so he's just going about his business and just being the best player at Wanderers at the moment. Mm, I so. think Stephen's a tough one because clearly he could be considered the best player in the comp. If he was running around mm. at Palmerston or even Pints or something, you could imagine him getting his 25, 30 touches, three or four goals every week. He's playing in a team that's kicking three or four goals for the game, and mm. so he's getting his, you know, 20 five touches, 19, 20 touches, um, and a couple of goals. So he's doing what he can. I think he'd be leading Wanderers as best and fairest by an absolute mile at the moment. Deserves his spot at number four, but who has knocked him off for number three? No, that's Matt Dennis after dominating against Nightcliff and Little Boy and them on the weekend. He mm. you know, he goes into three, and he's one of those ones that can be real you know, damaging to, that could go towards that number one spot. Yeah, I was about to say that. He said a game-high 10 ground ball gets on the weekend. That was what really stood out, I thought. Mm. Very rarely do you see the Ruckman win the ground ball gets uh, stat, but Dennis does that. Such a unique footballer. He is getting closer to that top spot, isn't he, Rob? When I look at players who could potentially knock off Baxter Mansion, and that will be another question that I ask shortly, Dennis is a player that you can that just fits that mould as the best player in the comp, doesn't he? Yeah, he definitely does. And his athleticism for a big man is just you know, outstanding the way he can get those ground balls. Brody Philo, another 23 disposals and two goals on the weekend. That's your number two? Yeah, I thought he stood out for Nycliffe. And I think I think he's one of those players as well that gets harshly judged, you know, like yeah. maybe like a Sean Wilson or Cam, a Cam Islet as well at times. But he, he'll go out and get 23 and kick two and lace out Butcher <laughs> three or four times in yeah. the goal square and, and he won't get named in the best three. And you're like, oh, rightio. But there's, they've just got high, such high expectations on these players. And I think Stephen is, as well is probably, is probably that's who he's down for as well now because we expect so much from him. Mm. Well, <laughs> so. I suppose it's a bit like... Um, Mitch Robinson, 35 yeah. possessions, 27 kicks, doesn't get a gig in the top six players. So Yeah, best players for buffs, yeah, yeah which is I, interesting. It, it's a very, yeah, they hard, <laughs> hold some of these guys to a very high standard. Yeah. But uh, Philo was in no danger of losing his spot. What would he have to do, in your opinion, to, to sort of get to that top spot? 
who we all know oh, is back well. to the match at this stage. Yeah, it's a massive must-win game against St. Mary's. He needs to go out and be the best player on the ground or in the best three. Mm. Best player on the ground's hard when there's 44 blokes out there, admittedly. But if he's in the best three or four for Nycliffe on a win, I think that guarantees his spot in that spot. And I don't know, it could almost knock him off. Yeah, knock it's a hard off one, too, one. I think, Rob, because I think um, Philo's one of the ones that the Saints would go after and take. So you'd mm. probably have job. Parnell run yeah. around with him. So... You know, if he, he still comes out and gets his 20-plus and kicks a one or two, um, you're definitely looking like to back some bench, maybe mm. a knockoff. Yeah, if I'm if I'm Chopper, I'm running, doing something with Philo. I'm running something with him, yep. giving him that respect. Rob, we sort of joke because we don't, we're not looking for reasons to take Baxter to bench off top spot. But every week it's like, I look at his stats and I think, oh, maybe this week it was a game that he had a quiet one. And I saw mm. his stats this week and I thought, oh, 25 touches, that's that's a bit under 30. Normally he's getting around to 31, 32. But then I looked, kicked two goals. Most of the other statistical categories were pretty high. Clearly among Palmerston's best players, I thought, on the weekend. I don't know if he was named in the best, but watching the game, I thought he had a pretty good impact. Mm. Um, he just keeps on keeping on, doesn't he? Yeah, he's probably not your, you know, your classy sort of midfielder. You wouldn't, you know, if you had to pick a team, you'd probably pick Motlop or Philo mm. or Dali over him, perhaps. But he does come in, and he is going to be Rover in our team, our 22 team of the you know, early Crow team of the year. Um, and I just, he just keeps accumulating it, and that consistency to play at Premier League level is so hard to do, isn't it, Raf? To get yeah. consistently high numbers. I've uh, got one question for you, Rob. Uh, in your top ten, uh, because we're talking about wins for um, you know for the Buffalo boys there in mm. Stokes, but you've got two Terry Bombers players in there, and they've got the yeah. they've got one win. So yep. that's an interesting one. Sorry to throw the wood. <laughs> I think that's fair. Just on that, and we'll let Rob gather his thoughts there because you've definitely thrown him on the spot. And he's <laughs> yeah, he's, he's yeah. worrying. He's shaking over there. But um, another, I remember I did my top twenty list on Facebook the other year, and I had about five or six Darwin Buffaloes players. I can't remember off the top of my head who they were, but I believe Matt Campbell. There was a big forward, Alan Obbs, who was an ex-AFL player. Jared Stokes. There was two others, Joe Anderson, and maybe even Cameron Stokes. I think was playing good footy at the time. Mm. So sometimes you do get those dynamics where you can get five or six really, really good players, and then it drops off a bit. And I suspect that's what you're thinking with Tiwi. So Brenton Toy's gone out. You've got yeah. some star players like your Dali, your Bennells. There's probably a couple of others, but. Tiwi are still going to have five, six young kids that are yeah, really going to hurt the team. And I think some of these blokes, Raph, are getting looked after a bit by doing, you know, they're, they're starting on the ball yep. and then they you can see them out the back taking the kickouts yeah, and yeah. all this stuff. And you're like, some of the players in our top side are doing that. But you look at St. Mary's, um, Waratahs, Nycliffe, you, you don't see Brody Philo back there taking a kick out unless yeah, it's yep. danger zone. And same at St. Mary's, you know, you don't see Nate Paredes back there taking a kick out. So it's sort of like they get looked after a bit in that aspect and they sort of get to do whatever they want to do a little bit more, you know, which is sort mm -hmm. of... Yeah. Perfect response, mate. You hit the nail on there. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, thanks for that. Banks had both Ed Morris and Ashton Hams in their Division One Premiership team last year. Ed Morris is at 10 on our list. Ashton Hams is very, very close. Of the, He would be 12, you yeah. know, 11, 13, around yeah, that sort of spot. Yep. Um, it's little wonder they got the chocolates last year in the Division One Grand Final, was it? Yeah, no, definitely. And these, these are players that are just sitting under clubs' noses. Um, if, if I would have got a senior job, I would have been ringing players like that mm. as zero pointers oh, and then trying crazy. to get some, a little bit of finance to get him like incentivize them to come over to an NTFL club because Banks do have that good culture that uh, throws another question I've got um, do you think Banks should have stepped up this year with Pints I think it's coming I yeah. don't know mm. when 
but I think it's I in think the plan. Yeah. far off because of the, the players they attract and, and the club they're building. Mm. Um, I think they're in the same boat as Pints. David Zaharakis, mm. Tim yeah. Bongetti on the way. Um, plenty more players. It, it's actually crazy, Raph. Like, the Division 1 competition doesn't get a lot of coverage, as yep. you would know. If you Google some of the credentials of these players that have come up for Banks or Pints yep. over the past couple of years, we're talking legit ex-AFL, yep. ex-VFL gun. I'm not... Back in the old days, that, because I grew up around the Pints footy club, my dad is a life member there, and if we had a bloke who played senior footy down south, oh, he plays in some country yeah. league, it'd be like, oh, wow, chuck him in. This is going to be huge for us. Now you're getting blokes rocking up at Pints like Sam Carriage and blokes rocking up at Banks like Zaharakis. It's absolutely Walker unbelievable how much Scott, that... Uh, yeah. Walker and... Oh, mate, it's yep. absolutely crazy. Exactly. I'm, the, I'm forgetting more players than I'm naming here. But that's absolutely crazy. Plenty, plenty more to come on SEN Fridays at the top end. I have to sign out now. The year threes are waiting for me out in all the primary school. So enjoy the rest of the show with Raf and Robbie. This is SEN Fridays in the top end, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the top end, 16, 11 a.m. Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing. So Raf, we've got the team, early Crow team of the year. So we're just going to go out and name it. Uh, obviously a few tough admis- uh, players missing out is what it is. For, from full back, we've got Stokes, Doyle, and Jetta. So uh, that's Bradley Stokes. Big Doyley from Pints at fullback, which is a controversial yeah. controversial one, but I've got him there. Half back, we've got, Bow- we've got Bowden, Driscoll, Nyhouse. Uh, that's a decent back half there. Across the wings, you've got Guthrie, Philo, Lant. Through half forward, you've got Motlop, Hope, Benell. Forward line, you got Betts, Calder, Magro. Uh, in the ruck, you got Dennis, Daly, and Mensch. That leaves Hams, Morris, Chalmers, and Winter Irving on the bench. So, obviously, just, I think, a few players unlucky. You've got the Palmerston blokes, Triesi, who's been pretty good. Yep. Shawnee Wilson's missed out, which is stiff. Uh, Jet Trotter. Nate Paredes is going well as well. Your um, old teammate. Yeah, mate. Um, so... Yeah, so we got a couple of the Tiwi Bombers blokes there in Benel and uh, also Daly. Um, I'd expect most of those blokes named in the uh, NT squad if they do have a game as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'd like to see, always good to see Michael Bowden, mate. And I, I've got big, um, you know, big raps on Bowden. He's been probably district's one of most uh, consistent players over the last seven or eight years. And, you know, mm. I got to play that season with him at NT Thunder. And he's one of my favourite halfbacks, just the way he's this workman like. Um, consistency every year. Um, yep. So it's good to see him in there and ha- also having another good year, mate. Um, yeah. So we are talking awesome. nine, you know, we are talking nine hundred and a thousand sort of goals and games in this team as well. Yep. For me, the forward line stands out with Benel, Magro, Betts, and Motlop up there. And then you got Hope as the hit up half forward and Quarter as a deep forward, mate. Yeah, mate. That that forward line, you know, if you, if they did bring up a, a SNFL side or anyone else like that for an NTFL. Um, match. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how that, that forward line goes together. They, they could um, put a few nerves on any back line, I think. Yeah, and I think also discussing some of this stuff, I think, you know, Winter Irving's been a good player for Pints. Played more forward, but I'd have him on the bench as sort of that backup ruck. So it's a bit stiff on a couple of those other blokes like Kirby um, and the young fella down at Palmerston as well. And Nate Paredes is racking up a lot of touches, but um, just because the Saints haven't won a few, like have only won them uh, two games. Jared Stokes is hitting form, but a bit in and out. Shawnee Wilson, Daniel Weitra is also performing. Dan O'Dwyer's been good, and Will Collis as well for the uh, Tars. Yep. Just a bit of a discussion point as well, Raph, on the Tiwi Bombers, mate. So I have seen a few negative comments online, and I, I don't, it's sort of, I just want to knock it on the head early, is that 
Tiwi have been uncompetitive for a few years, right? So what is your opinions on them having 10, 11, 12 non-Tiwis play? Um, oh, mate, I, th- I think, like you just mentioned, you know, with with what's happened over the like, past three or four years, um, you know, we haven't seen them win a game in over two seasons. And I think if they didn't have the buy-in of these seven or eight, you know, interstate or southerners, mm. um, we'd probably be looking at a whole another long season for the Terry Bombers. Um, just because it, it's, it's a bit hard when your, your juniors are playing, you know, for other clubs in under-18s mm. and, and yep. maybe over here for school, boarding school or away. Um, so your best new talent coming through is not available to you weekly. Yep. Um, so you have to either go a bit younger or you get the guys that have, you know, been through the school system and are living back on the islands. But, yeah, it's it's a, it's such a hard dynamic when they're not all in the same community and you have to travel over an hour to, to train together. Yep. Um, so... You know, with the buy-in with the seven or eight um, players from interstate, I think it just gives you that spine. So I think if you've got a really good spine and a couple of good mids, um, and then you get the rest of the boys from the Tiwis um, filling those outside roles, and you know, it it only makes your side stronger. So I, yeah, you know, I I know you know there's Tiwi guys missing out. I, one of the young Tiwi boys, um, there was a bit of an incident on the islands that got missed out and uh, I think there was a bit of a change rooms incident where he was a bit upset and a yeah, bit angry um, which you don't blame him but then again like you know the positive out of it they're, they're, they're winning footy um, yep. and they're competitive again which is even better for the, the Tiwi side and the Tiwi people and you know that's going to get more buy-in and want, it's going to want the more the younger blokes to buy in even more I reckon when they see the teams actually can win a game and, and, yep. and going to look like being competitive yeah, you'd want to put your time and effort into turning up the training and want to be a part of it yeah, so where beforehand I think they would have been chasing a lot of blokes and thinking, you know, who wants to turn up every week to get, lose by a hundred points. So, yeah, for me it's only a positive and it's only got to make the TV side better and have more buy-in from everyone involved. Just yeah, rough. Just a bit of stats on that as well. Like I went on the TV Bombers page and it says the Bombers is proud to represent the whole community. Our formation was motivated by a desire to positively impact a number of uh, social issues using the popularity of AFL. So I do think they're. I think there's a fine line. I, I don't think you can have more than 12 recruits in, but we've got to remember they had seven, and I think the narrative around Tiwi Bombers that they're a Tiwi side and all that needs to change, and I've heard people from other clubs say it as well, and I, I just don't agree with it, mate. Like They need to have these recruits to be competitive. Yeah, definitely. So just some game reviews as well. So we might start on Southern Districts versus Nycliffe. Raff. District's a bit in- inaccurate. The NT News had mentioned something about... Um, they could have won by ten goals, but that would have to be that would have to for them to go, you know, something like fourteen five, and it's not 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 exactly true. Um, yeah, so yeah, NT News has had a few things there. Yeah, they are. They've always listening in. So shout out to the NT News boys yep. again. They've probably got their recorder ready to yeah. try try pinch another one of our stories, mate. But yeah. uh, I'm glad to have some of them listening in and um, adding to our um, support. Yeah, the district's now three from three there, which means now that no one's lost um, at their true home ground this year. So there is a massive home ground advantage happening. Dennis back to his best, like we mentioned before. But I want, I want to see where Crocs are like how they go away from home now. But it's a tough loss for. Southern uh, for Nightcliffe on the weekend and probably wasn't the result St. Mary's, you know, w- um, really wanted um, considering they'll be up against the Fierce Tigers outfit this week. Yeah, mate, because uh, any time a, a top side loses, they, they come out full swinging and uh, it'll be a very, very interesting game. Nightcliffe-St. Mary's, um, you know, the rivalry they've built over the last three or four years in those grand finals. Um, this one mm. should be... And it, it, like I said before, when Saints played districts, it was a one that to show if they were really ready for the season. They got away with a win there 
Um, but this is another um, defining game for St. Mary's that actually show whether they're going to be, you know, in the, that top three or four thereabouts, um, whether they move from the cheap or nosebleed section, whatever you had them in there before, mate. But um, yeah, if they if they get Nycliffe, um, then it's looking more like a top four finish for St. Mary's. But, yeah, yeah it's going to go down to the wire, I guess. And um, mm. playing Nycliffe at home is always a tough one as well. Yeah, do you, do you think, are you back on districts now after that win on the weekend or what's your thoughts on districts? Yeah, it's still hard to see, uh, say, mate. And like we spoke about earlier, I mentioned how even this competition is. So, you know, whether it's just a home game advantage that um, is getting them across the line. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I to be honest, I haven't seen as much footy. I've watched a lot of the highlights. Um, yeah. But to, to sit down and watch a full game of the districts, I haven't been able to do yet. So yeah. it's hard to judge them on that. Um, and I, I missed the game against St. Mary's because I was crook. So, um but yeah, if they win the, you know, you win enough of your home games, or you win every home game, you, you definitely finish in your top three. So you know, if they yeah. can keep doing that, and they're not, they've only lost one or two, haven't they? So yeah, definitely guarantees six wins. Yeah, mm. so they're they're definitely in, the, definitely going to finish that top three. Um, but yeah, um, it's so, an interesting one. Yeah, so you got Tars versus Tiwi. Um, that was at Gardens Oval, a home game for the Tiwis at Gardens. Tiwi highly competitive in this one, but Magro back to his best. Carol Workman, like as usual. A 39-point win. I think a few people expected more, but I, I sort of did not thought it'd be around that mark. Tiwi's match fitness is only going to get better as well here from uh, for Raf. Um, Raf, what's your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, mate, and, and that's awesome to see because, you know, it proves that the, the win wasn't a fluke against mm. Pints. Um, yep. For them to bounce back and um, to, to be this competitive against the, a side that played in last year's grand final and at, at the moment are in the top two sides as a comp, um, for them to come out and kick 10-10 and be very competitive... Um, mm. It's it's awesome to see for the Terry Bombers, mate. And um, yeah, Tars yeah. in the end get a win again. But that, like we said, we expected that. But yep. a lot of people probably didn't expect it to be this close. So hats off to Brenton Toy and the Terry Bombers for that game. Yeah, definitely. It's just, and Waratahs have a few to come back in. So they'll just bank those four points. After the break, we'll just discuss the Wanderers versus Pines outcome. The Palmerston Buffalo's fiery game. Uh, you're listening to SEN Fridays, Rain and Horn Darwin. Find a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 1611am, welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for Rain and Horn Darwin. Finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. We will love your listing. So, Raph, we've got the Palmerston Buffalo game we want to touch on quickly. Very fiery game of football. Uh, do you think there are discipline issues at Palmerston? I don't know. At the moment, it sort of seems like controlled aggression a little bit. Hams and Jetter have been outstanding, like we have spoke about. And Mitch Robbo on Robbo Vlogs has said that he's trying to get back to his peak fitness, and he's a little bit struggling with the heat, but he had 35. Yeah, if you're if you're saying you're struggling and you still get 35, <laughs> mate, that's uh, scary. scary, scary numbers. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Palmerston once again got over the line and a very close one. I actually thought um, Buffaloes might have got him this week, um, especially having Matty Campbell back. It's always good to see Matty Campbell. He's goal sense and smarts around the footy, um, and we all know how how good he was as a coach at Buffaloes as well. So having yep. him. Not only kicking your goals, but his leadership and direction out there on the field. He's fresh off a of pioneers, 
Alice Springs Premiership, um, which is awesome to see as well. So yeah, good was, to see Matty Campbell back yeah. out there. I was definitely a bit sceptical of them bringing him in, and he was best on ground kick five, but um, obviously Mitch Robbo was also very good. Um, but obviously it leaves Buffaloes in, in that conundrum now where they need to beat Pints this week if we're going to take them serious, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, that's it. The, you need Buffaloes to sort of beat a top three side to to take take them really seriously. Um, yep. And when you look at the teams they've beaten, it's been Pints. Um, yeah, not Pints, sorry, um, Teary um, and the t- other teams that are around that yeah, market. Yeah, they could have beaten and, districts. Yeah, so to beat a, a beat a Palmerston or a districts, um, mm. it'll definitely t- put them up in that top four or five for yeah. sure. Um, and this week against Pints is a big, big one. So Yep. So we've got Wanderers Pints. And this... This is uh, Jacob Dawson could be the recruiter of the year, you know. Like, we had him, Jack O'Clark had him on a list of players and sent around to clubs. No one had interest in him. Um, he, he run, come runner up in the VFL medal last year. I, put, I spoke to Tars about him as well when I was there last year. They weren't really interested, but he was at Southport, so Southport are historically hard to deal with. Uh, but he's that cream in that otherwise workman like midfield. Eagles good in the first three quarters, but the fourth quarter was obviously a disaster, scoring seven goals, and their ball movement was shattered. It was, was just, uh, just. It was even frustrating to watch, and uh, they'll need to get some injured players back, Wanderers. I, I don't see them winning this week, but they versed Tiwi in two weeks. It'll be massive for them as well. Yeah, definitely. And I'm um, talking to you and uh, Jackson before the show about Jacob Dawson, and, and mate, hearing that is uh, is crazy, you know, um, mm. to hear like, one of the best footballers outside of the AFL um, having got every seven, eight AFL, um, NTFL clubs jumping at the opportunity to play him. And like you said, maybe the dealings with Southport is a bit tough, but... Mm. You know, he goes out and proves his worth um, as his debut for Pints and helps him get over a, a massive win. Um, yeah. And like we said, we haven't probably mentioned how good Shannon Morlop is as a coach, and we touched on it earlier in, in the show. Um, but, mate, he, what he's doing down there and the squad, we always knew Pints were going to be competitive and always be consistent. Yeah. But now with his touch of, um, you know, this touch of class thrown in there, um, and having you know Shannon doing his work, it's 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 awesome to see. Yeah, I've sort of got points finishing fifth now, but that's with that St Mary's out. But St Mary's win this week, it's different. But touching on the Shannon Motlop stuff, how much influence should players have on coaching decisions? Because with the coaching decision at Wanderers, end up interviewing five people and didn't gave it to a bloke that didn't interview. And now there's sort of you can see there's sort of some sort of tension or something happening. They gave Shannon Motlop a contract they couldn't do. Now he's doing success at Pines and coaching a winner, you know, coaching a very good team. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, you, I don't know. Sometimes you, you, if you've got that really strong list and and they're um, you know, they don't they're not fitting in well with a coach. It's 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 a, it's a hard one. But then mm. again, like you you, you pick a side a uh, team or a coach, sorry, that would lead the, the way no matter what and how your players feel and be able to turn that group and mm. to back you in. Um, especially Shannon, who's you know played. You know, over 100 games at Wanderers and a couple of premierships. So yeah, it's hard to see how that ended up. And you yeah, know, I think maybe Wanderers, um, the way they're looking, like you tipped them as a wooden spoon now. Um, yeah. yeah, some of their their older players are on the outside and need to move on, and they need to quickly develop some younger kids and get them through. Um, yeah, it's another. Um, question in that in that regards too, but yeah, well, I I learnt a lot as well going through that coaching application of that footy club. You know, like I wouldn't go for another job if a player's on the selection committee and the president isn't. Yeah. And I think that was like fundamentally wrong. You're listening to Sen Fridays, Rain and Horn Darwin finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to Sen Fridays in the top end, sixteen eleven a.m. Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing, ladies and gentlemen. We've got the man, the man, the champ. Jackson Corder. How are you, Jacko? Good, mate. How are you? 
Yeah, good, mate. You're with Robbie and Raph Clark here. How was the bye weekend, mate? Catch any fish? Um, yeah, it was good fun. Um, no, we didn't do too much fishing. It was uh, more a day of boating and a few cold ones, but no, it was good fun. Yeah, how'd you end up getting the nickname The Champ, mate? Oh, yeah, that was one that uh, backfired a bit on me there. I was, um, after a few cans of liquid courage, I didn't know anyone's name and was throwing Champ out there a fair bit. And yeah. uh, got got the footy training and uh, Jack Long had um, teed up everyone to start calling me Champ and, yeah, it stuck, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So, um, travelling along this season, uh, how's it been going? Um, and are you guys named a strong side coming into this week's game? Yeah, look, it's been a um, strange start to the season. I think the comp's pretty even, as we've seen, sort of everyone's beating everyone. Um, mm. But, yeah, we're starting to get a pretty strong side together now, so hopefully we can string a few together. Yeah, and how for the listeners at home, how did you end up landing at St Mary's? I heard there might have been a couple of other clubs involved and you ended up choosing Saints. Yeah, I uh, originally I had a mate going to Nightcliff and um, had a couple of conversations with them, but... Um, I actually played footy down in Mornington in Victoria with um, Danny Nolan, Rick Rick Nolan's brother. Yep. So, um, yeah, ended up chatting to him and he got me on the chopper and, and yeah. Yeah, ended so you had that... Yeah, and you had that season as well when you come up and you kicked a bag in the resis and then played prems. And I think, was it a year later you got dropped? How was that experience when you got dropped and had to go back to the resis? Yeah, look, it was, um, it was a little bit unexpected. Um, I think it was... Mm the first or second time it had happened but um oh these things happen and just had to cop it on the chin and try and work my way back in and lucky enough I think I only spent the one down there so um, yeah. nah, and then got back in and found a bit of form which was good but obviously um also champ you had that season last year where you won the nickel uh, won the Cheney medal played in the premiership and got the leading goal kick yeah, that's you know how how good of a feeling was that last year Oh, look, it was um, unbelievable like, to win the flag, mainly sort of after losing the two in the previous years and that close one to Nycliffe. Um, yeah, we were pretty determined. And then I suppose I was just lucky enough to kick a few in that grand final. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, it was unreal. Yeah, and I've seen Nycliffe have named a very strong side. They've got Johnny Butcher up for the big overall. Do you have any plans? What are the plans for those two big 200-centimetre forwards? Um, yeah, look, we might be a little bit stretched, but um, we've got some good defenders there. Um, Luke Yoborn's come up from Victoria and doing a pretty good job down there. And um, Matty Green from Catherine, he's um, he's been awesome since coming over to Saints. So um, hopefully we can just cut their supply off and um, spend most of the time up my end. It'd be nice. Yeah, mate. Do, so what's the plans at the moment for the footy team? Is top three still the goal for you guys? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's... Um, still very doable with how close the season's been so we're not far off but obviously um we can't afford to lose too many more so um yeah we just got to keep working at it and hope we can get a few on the run yeah jacko how you going brother raf here um mate just a quick one it's probably a bit left field but i'd still to do with um blokes blokes moving up or being a fly-in um because you've done both um what what do you reckon is the best for anyone out there like listening in from down south that may be planning to come up to play footy and down? Would you recommend being a fly-in first up or just getting up here and committing for a season to get the best out of your footy and helping a club? Yeah, uh, for me personally, I definitely think moving up here, um, just especially with the conditions, like it would be very, 
very tough, I reckon, coming up from down there and playing in 35-degree heat and this humidity. Um, but obviously some blokes can do it, I suppose, if they keep pretty fit and stuff. But, yeah, and personally, just building those relationships and coming up to the club, that was the best decision I ever made, I reckon. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, and uh, what have you enjoyed about it being up here the most? Uh, is it the footy itself or the, the friendships and, and relationships you've built, mate, with the, with the club and also other clubs being able to play in those NTFL sides and have, you know, I think I think outside of footy, everyone, when they see each other around town, are all mates in the NTFL, I, I believe. Don't yep, say Maybury's yeah. either. <laughs> no, it's, um, yeah, it's been both footy and, and the friendships and, and the stuff of been able to do like the fishing and the hunting and stuff that was sort of stuff that never I never really was into at home but and the exploring side of things has been unreal but yeah like you said the friendships um met guys yeah from all over Victoria and become really good friends with them and um and then obviously went and played in Cairns and played with a few of my opposition up here in Darwin and yeah became really close with them so no it's both been unreal. Yeah, thanks, Jacko, for tuning in with us today, mate. Uh, best of luck for this weekend's game. Obviously, a great recruit coming in for St. Mary's, mate, and uh, kicking a lot of goals from up forward. And hopefully, they clear that forward 50 for you. Uh, no worries. Thanks a lot for having me, Cheers, boys. Jacko. Thanks, Jacko. Jackson Calder there, uh, Chaney medalist, along with Raf Clark. Yeah, um, mate. Um, there's not a bad thing I can say about the big fella. He, um, like I said, with the question I asked, he's buying. It was unreal, mate, yep. and... Um, you know, to him move up here and, you know, he come off a season down south and not only just come up and cruise through training, but when we were doing our pre-season training, he, he'd been your top two or three runners, which is hard to believe, a follower of his size and running with the yeah. with your midfielders like Parnell and Paredes and, you know, and then you look and you got Jackson Calder coming fourth in your time trial. So yeah, definitely, he's buying, yeah. mate, for both on and off the field for the footy club. Um, I think he's probably up there with the most beers bought as well. So yeah, that's why I mean, he's up the there with, he, he's the number one for both on and off the field in my eyes for St. Mary's over the last three or four years, mate. Yeah, it's a massive game for him this week, um, going up against the Tigers. Um, you know, the champ, he's, yeah. So hopefully they clear that forward 50 for him yeah, and he can get a few sausage rolls. It'll be an interesting one, mate. There'll be a battle of the key forwards, um, big forwards up either end. Yeah, so the big gorillas. That's it, so. Yeah, looking forward to it. You're listening to SEN Fridays, Ran and Horn Darwin. Find a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to welcome back to SEN Friday, sixteen eleven AM, Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Just touching on some women results. Uh Ralph, we've got the latter. War- Waratahs and Pines both have not lost on twenty four and twenty points. The Buffett's on sixteen. Then you got the log jam of four teams with eight points. Tigers, Tiwi, St. Mary's and Palmerston in that order, judging by percentages, and Southern Districts and Wanderers just um, down the bottom there. So some results from the weekend. Nycliffe, 68 to District 6. Palmerston went down to Buffett's by 82. Waratahs were clinical against Tiwi, went by 95, which Tiwi have been pretty good this year. So it sort of shows the gap we're seeing in the women's football this year. Yep. And Pines beat uh, Eagles 99-0. to zero. So none for 99. So it's a bit of a cricket score there. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. That, uh, we talk about how even the men's comp is becoming and, and the women's... I think it last year and the years before, I'm pretty sure it was a lot mm. even comp. Um, whether a lot of players have moved away, I, I know a lot more girls are getting um, AFLW um, recruits um, yep. and also, you know, going and playing BFL, whether that has an impact on their time up in the territory. Um, mm. But we know there's a few coming. I think the rule is they're allowed to go back and play 
local footy. So I think um, yeah. there's a few coming back for St Mary's we touched on last week. Um, and I'm possibly every club's going to get some new players um, in the next few weeks. So whether that strengthens every team or only makes the top team stronger is a, is a danger. Yep. Um, because the way um, Tars and Pines are looking, it looks like it's a two-way race at the moment. Um, yeah. And the way Ricky Nolan prepares any footy team, being under him for a few years mm-hmm. there at St Mary's, he leaves no stone unturned, mate. So yeah. it's a, it's a one one way or two way ticket here at the moment for yeah, the premiership. Yeah, definitely. And Heidi Heidi Thompson as well at Waratahs, they do prepare themselves. They've got a lot of fit girls and they do a lot of extras and they do train in a very structured way. I think she's a school teacher by trade, so she's very disciplined in what they do. Um, so the, the Tiwi versus districts over on the island. So the districts girls are going to have to get on the ferry and I uh, don't know how they're going to go with the seasickness, but. I'm, I'm tipping Tiwi in that one. Yeah, mate, that'll, uh, like we said, even with the men's um, Tiwi getting home games, it's always going to be a tough one to beat them over there. So hopefully the home fans cheer the women home in that one and the Tiwi girls get another win. Yeah, probably the match of the round is probably going to be the Nycliffe-St. Mary's game, I feel. I think that's going to be a lot closer than the Pints-Buffaloes uh, game. Uh, Pints-Buffaloes will be on the radio, though, Raf, uh, on the TV, Raf, and you've got Tars versus Eagles, which should be a... Uh, Another cricket score, one for 200 or something like that, maybe. <laughs> um, but Nycliffe versus St. Mary's, I'm, I'm probably going to tip Nycliffe, but... Um, That'll be a good one. That'll be a good watch, one. Think, right yeah, before yeah. the men's, yep. um, Pints and Buffaloes as well, 230. I don't... I think Buffaloes will, will test them, but I think I'll see Pints winning that by six or seven goals easily. Yeah, definitely, mate. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, so um, talking about the epilepsy round, mate, let us know a bit about that. And, yeah, uh, mate. Um, it's, it's something we've, I've uh, touched base with um, J- Jonathan Paris, who's a Nycliffe... Uh, um, four-time premiership player, um, three at Nycliffe and one at um, Darwin Buffaloes. And yep. he's a fellow uh, epilepsy person like myself. And we've been pushing the NTFL um, to have an epilepsy round. And that's possibly going to happen at the last round of November, which would be the 25th or the 26th, mate. So, yep. yeah, just getting it, that out there now and the message. Um, there's a lot of people in, in Australia and, and people grow up. There's one in 24 people in Australia um, diagnosed with epilepsy. So everyone in every family would know someone. And mm. um, we're looking to uh, promote that and, and show that in the next couple of rounds in the last round of um, November for yeah, sure. Yeah, that'll so definitely be, yeah. That, that's, fingers crossed we get that over the line. Yeah, definitely. My auntie has epilepsy, so it's, you know, pretty important. And it's a very good cause, Raf. We will preview the games for the round. You're listening to SEN Fridays, Ran and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Friday, 16.11am, Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Raf, some previews of the games ahead. Oh, I've got three very close games. I think Waratahs blow Wanderers out, but we start with Tiwi versus Crocs. What, how are you seeing this one? I've got Tiwi back at home here. Could be the toughest road trip this year. I feel if top three sides play them there, they should, you know, top three sides beat them. But anyone else that's not top three, I reckon Tiwi get them. And I, I sort of have Crocs by winning two by two goals in a line ball one. Yeah, mate, like you mentioned uh, with the women's preview just before, um, travelling over by boat. I think don't mm. think there's any flights in this year with um, teams flying in, unless the Crocs go and charter their own plane. Because um, there could be a bit of potential seasickness there and help, helps Tiwi in a, in, a, in a little bit. So, um, But, yeah, the way Tiwi have been playing at home, mate, it's, it's going to be a tough one for the Crocs. And, and the way the Tiwi played last week um, after their first win the week before, we know Tiwi are going to be competitive, and that's for sure. And, um, I think you mentioned... We're getting Ben Rioli in for his first run as well, so that obviously gives him a bit more spark and a bit more yeah, the duck. leadership um, and, and, you know, quality 
defender and, and Benny Rowley, you can play him anywhere, let's be honest. So mm-hmm. whether he's fit and ready to go um, is the other question. So I know he's missed a lot of footy down and in, 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 in the waffle, whether he's kept himself in good shape is the other question. So, But it'll be, you know, it could go either way. But uh, at this, just with the Crocs form, I, I'm just tipping him. But because of the, where it is, yep. it could be the Terry Bombers win. Yeah, I wonder if the Rusker Bros get the corporate credit card out yeah, and just, just put good five or six yeah. charters. But I'm hearing there could be a lack of pilots around maybe. Right. So I think that's what it could be. I'm feeling Crocs by two goals in this one. What's um, what's your prediction? Yeah, mate, it might end up being a, a very close one and, and either either side could win it. But at this moment, I'm tipping Crocs by yeah that two or three goal margin as well. Yeah, it's going to be a close one. Uh, Pines versus Buffaloes. This is really an eight-point game. Uh, people were critical of Pints, you know, ability to deal with pace, and it was shown on the islands two weeks ago that they did struggle. And this proves this presents a perfect opportunity, Raf, to prove everyone wrong on that front. Pints are workmanlike; they haven't named a strongest side. They're not as strong as last week, but they'll be there for four quarter, for the full four quarters, and you know, four quarter effort again. Yeah, and that's what we spoke about: is Pints' consistency, and they've proven that in the all their years playing Div One, um, they come every week ready to play. They've always got a solid squad. Um, so even if they do drop two or three blokes, the two or three that come in to replace who's missing um, yep. are workmanlike and very consistent across the board. So if Buffaloes uh, have a lapse in any quarters, um, Pines are definitely running over them. And, and we've seen that last week with Wanderers, you know, falling off in the last quarter and the workmanlike Pines that we come to know um, mm-hmm. got over and kicked, what was it, seven or eight goals in the last quarter. I don't see that happening against Buffaloes seven, yep. just to the way they've been playing as well. But... For Buffaloes to remain in that top four or five uh, we speak about um, mm. every week, is uh, this is a crucial win for them as well. Yeah, you don't have 22 guns, so just some of their background. Jet Trotter was really good last week. They have him best on ground. He did kick five sausage rolls. Um, Big Doyley's been good at fullback. I had him in fullback in the team of the year. I still think, you know, he's, he's locked down a few blokes. He kept called at a two goals. Big Winter Irving as well that played in that premiership for Nycliffe is playing well, but more so as a key forward. Buffaloes, are you, do you think Buffaloes are a final side? Well, these are the games they need to win. Um, mm. And if they, you know, they push Palmerston, and it wasn't, to be honest, it wasn't Palmerston's best side last week. Um, so they sh- we all expected probably Buffaloes to win last week. So it's a multi-killer. Yeah, that's a, that's a, <laughs> they're the games that you think if they want to be a finals chance and be in that top four or five, they've got to beat sides of Palmy when they haven't got their best side out there, and they definitely have to win this week to be in that category. So you got also got the interesting factor with Jed Anderson. So Jed Anderson's waiting on the draft, training with Buffaloes. I think he's bought a house or building a house in Muirhead, maybe. some I've heard some sort of rumour like that. So Buffaloes get him back. That's going to be a pretty big get, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And they're, they're, like I said, they're thereabouts that they're sitting on the fence. Um, so if they get this win, it, it goes a long way to helping them charge home for a top five finish I believe. Yeah, I, I was sort of worried with Buff's ability to play on the big gorillas. so if they go up against Nycliffe with the two big blokes up there, Buff, even St Mary's with Calder down there and, and Grenfell, yeah. I don't know who goes to those players. Yeah, you've only really got Kane Riley as a big key defender but he's more of an attacking yep. key defender in my eyes. But you also touch on Palmerston who have the bye this week and that's if we're going to look at a weakness of Palmerston I think their tools is their weakness. They don't have a ruckman. Yep. Um, the key backs are going to be stretched against the big gorillas. How are they going to go against Melbourne and overall and Calder and these guys? Um, and their forward line, they don't really have a big forward. They've got Pedersen. Yep. If you put a good match up on it, it requires a good match up. But they've got a more small forward line set yep. up. So 
Moving forward to the next game, Tigers versus Saints. This is a ripper. This is going to be a real close game. Sam Fowler, number 40 for Saints. He's a Collingwood VFL player. We uh, will we'll allow him being a Collingwood player because, God, he can move, can't he? Um, and they've got Jay Boyce in from Adelaide. They're saying NFL best and fairest winner uh, for last season. Could be. I think Smithson is at Adelaide Crows Resi, so I think that must be the connection there, hey? Yeah, mate, and that's two very big ins for St. Mary's. And uh, speaking of Jackson Calder just before, I think they're, he said they've named a very strong side. So, you know, this is another really good test for St. Mary's. So we said that again. Uh, early on last week or the week before when they played Crocs and because the, the slow start the Saints have had, if they want to be back in, like we saw, keep talking about this top four, top five credentials, mm. St Mary's, this is a must-win game, I believe, because the Tigers are looking very good and you've still got them as premiership favourites. So if the Saints can uh, bounce back and get another win, two wins in a row, um, yeah, that's um, it's going to be a big, big improvement for their Finals credit. Yeah, uh, uh, Saints could go. I think Saints, you could go 10 6 and finish third and make top three with how even the comp is. But you lose this week, it leaves little room for error for them for the year. Tigers, Tigers will also risk having you know their third loss as well. But those ins, and we also didn't mention the former Port Adelaide midfielder Hamish Hartlett, Hartlett is in yeah. for the power. Um, this 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 will have some sort of effect to the how he goes. He did train on Thursday, climatizing himself as well, Raf. Yeah, it's always an interesting one. And like we asked Jackson Calder, you know, do you rather be a flying or be a, a living here player? And, um, you know, whether it upsets the, the midfielders in Philo and Islet and the, the likes, how they play together, um, you know, to throw a bloke in. But then again, the quality he brings, um, I reckon you just play him off a half-back flank or half-forward and it's time to go play footy. Yeah, well, Saints are nearing, like, somewhat full strength, like, depending on how much points you have in your fly-ins as well. Seems like... Uh, Smiths and, and Boyce are both fly-ins, Raph. Yep. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're nearing full strength. We spoke about the home ground advantage of these football clubs, and Tigers are very hard to beat at home, but St Mary's have got a good history playing Tigers at home. Yeah, this will go down to the wire, mate, and um, just because of the fact that I'm a St Mary's man, I'm going to tip the Saints by two goals. Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite and tip Tigers by four. I'm just a bit like cautious on how they're going to go mixing... Uh, matching up tools. those the big tools, yeah. the midfield depth. That's what they seem to be lacking. Um, I know mm. people have mentioned Oborn, um, but I haven't really seen him beat a key forward yet, one on one. So that's a big matchup. And if he goes to Butcher, uh, if Butcher gets a hold of him and you know destroys the game, you get it in deep team. Uh, he's he's hard to stop, no matter who you got on him. So so um, would would you go? What was what would be your preference? Would you go Oborn to Butcher? Or would you go Matty Green to Butcher? I think you've got to play Matty Green in front of those guys because of the way he reads it and his intercept marking ability. Um, and plus, once he has the ball in his hands a bit higher up of half back, he's destroying with his decision-making and, and decisions with the footy in his hands. So I'd keep Green up, up in front of those guys to cut him off and, and, and rebound um, mm. and Oborn to be a lockdown. Yeah, I, I, my, my, I'm slightly... I think... St. Mary's defence are going to have to work back into that space. The Waratah blokes didn't really work back as much two weeks previous when they versed them, and Philo and those blokes got those real long, deep entries. Yeah, and just kicks the footy. Yeah, and they left Dan O'Dwyer out to dry, and I just hope that they, you know, they're going to, they're, the Saints backmen are going to have to push back into that space and really try to create that one-on-one, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. Um, so you've got Waratahs versus Wanderers. This, is game, this game's going to be interesting, Raph, because you've got to remember last year, 
at the Australia Day game, there was a heated confrontation between players and Waratah supporters. Yeah. So it was pretty messy. I was there at the game. I couldn't. I didn't hear what happened or anything like that. I, I sort of trust the process that Waratahs went through, but you don't like to hear the allegations. But yeah, it was messy towards the end of the game. Do you remember? Do you remember some of that? Yeah, mate, and uh, it was funny that it uh, <laughs> nothing ever came of it, and it sort of mm. just got swept under the carpet, which um, yeah is hard to believe. Um, mm. So whether that's still in, in investigating it, but I doubt it because otherwise we would have heard about it. Um, but if it, you know allegations that were coming out, if you know, yeah, it's never not nice to hear those sort of things. But um, yeah. for it to just disappear is is a strange one in my view. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, whether it flares up again this weekend. I don't know whether they're playing at Marara or at Gardens. Um, yeah, because what was it? They both finished third and fourth last year, but they didn't yep. get the chance to play each other. Yeah. And I do agree with you. I think in situations where there is high risk tensions, there's things that are said that are thought provoking and pretty, you know, don't, don't feel good for people. Um, yeah, I'm sort of a bit up in the air about that. I think a report does need to be put forward, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And um, um, and for it to not never see an outcome or just hear the end result is, is the interesting one as well. Yeah, maybe we'll just de- unpack that a bit more after the break. Do a bit of a prediction on that game and where both sides stand. You're listening to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Rain and Horn Darwin, find a place to write your next chapter. You're listening to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing. So, Raph, just touching on the Waratah Wanderers stuff, it, you know, they got the, there has been a bit of history there with the clubs. Um, I know there was a few things shared on social media and a few things of the past, but I guess from my perspective as well, being an Aboriginal bloke, I sort of I, want, I probably would have wanted it to be a bit more transparent with me, like the footy club, on what was actually happening. Um, I live down south, and I don't know your story, but when I was down south playing football, you know, and with the old man when we were in down rural New South Wales, Victoria. I put up with a lot of racism as a kid, and um, so it was something that I probably would have liked to have seen a bit more of, just that insight into actually what happened that day. Yeah, mate, and like I said um, just before, like to, for habit to just disappear and be swept under the carpet wasn't ideal. Um, so, yeah, it's very interesting that that we, you know, it's the first time we've sort of mentioned it on, and and even been brought back into the news, if any, if you want to call this news, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go on the weekend. Um, whether there is still some um, bad, you know, bad energy there when they walk out and play against each other. Um, so, yeah, it, it could yeah. it could turn into anything on the weekend. But hopefully, it's um, football first, um, and you know, we see a really good game of footy, and the Wanderers yeah. are very competitive. Hopefully, that gives them a bit more drive to bring you know their best footy and and, and yeah. be a bit more um, competitive. Yeah, I think touching on on that also though, Raf, I think. Some of that stuff's confidential in the way it's dealt with, and then some of the information was out in the public when it shouldn't have been. And yep. I know, you know, so someone's leaked stuff, which isn't the way you like to see things. I would love to see you know, like some sort of report or some sort of factual information after it, but it is what it is. That's it, mate. So I think I think Tars are going to Tars look like they've named a pretty strong side, judging from what they've named. I think they'll perform better over the four quarters in this one, Raf. I'm tipping the Tars probably by about five or six goals. Yeah, mate, and I'm leaning the same way. Like like we spoke about earlier in the show, Wanderers are looking at your wooden spoon favourites at the moment now <coughs> after, um, you know, the listings that we did early on. Um, but, you know, I'd like to see Wanderers bounce back because, like we said, the, the comp's so even and Wanderers are one of those sides. If they get up and going and get on mm. all on the same page, they're one of the sides that can turn around and have three or four wins in a row and, and make this a very, very 
even more interesting competition than what it is this season. Yeah, so I think I'd like to see him bounce back and you know push it, push Waratahs to, the, to a close one. Yeah, I'd like to see maybe Wanderers just leave Big Simpson deep and just sort of like just to. Um, bring out that quick ball movement from halfback when they do get the ball. And then when they get in that launch pad, don't stuff around with it. Get it in nice and deep to him um, and give him the best opportunity. And you know, and then get the small crumbers coming in at Simpson's feet. I think that could be a way that Waratahs, you know, put Waratahs back line under pressure. Because as you've noticed as well, and and others, is that their halfbacks and their full, uh, back pockets do run off and create a lot. Yep. So on one that turnover, if Wanderers do get that turnover on the half back line, just being a bit just more clinical. Go, yeah. yeah, just being a bit more clinical and. Obviously, you can stuff around with it a tad, but once you get in that launch zone, just really launch it in. Um, so, yeah, I'm going, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Waratahs in Still that Waratahs, one. Yeah. I think they're winning what they need to win at the moment. That's why I've got them second. Um, and they're very tough to beat at home. Um, even from your time, how tough would Waratahs to beat at home as well. But this one's away at TIO as well, mate. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Hopefully, Wanderers can um, maybe, if, if, if Wanderers have got a strength, it'll be their outside pace. And uh, if they move the ball quickly, like you just mentioned, mate, they might catch them on the... Uh on that turnover footy and out of position and get it in deep. And it's it's not Waratah's sig either. So yeah. Stephen Motlop probably might have Robbie Turnbull run with him a bit. Should be afforded a lot of luxuries. Yeah, that's it. So just some players to watch this week. For mine, I'm really interested to see how Sam Fowler, number 40, goes for St. Mary's. Yep. Hey, Hartlett, where would you play him? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Whether you play him on a wing or a half forward and just let him roam and, and, and be that extra mid and, mm. and the push back and, and help across the half-back line. Um, but then again, you know, you don't know how much footy he's been playing or how much fitness he's got. Um, mm. So whether you just bring him off the bench and swing him through the mid and um, have, him, have him have his two or three-minute hits, get off, get a re- recharge and get back out there. So um, for me, mate, I'd play him at half forward and just tell him to enjoy himself and go play footy. Yeah, I might play him half back, but it, yeah, it'd be interesting because you always do have that strong back line set up anyway. But I think Prime Train is back for the uh, for Buffaloes as well against Pints. So it'll be interesting to see how the Prime goes. He's one of those players that's on the cusp of the top 10 and team of the years and that, but he just hasn't played enough games, mate. Um, ben Rioli has named been named for Tiwi as well. He is named in a forward pocket. Um, how are you expecting him, Benny, to go? He's got a few concussions as well. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. So hopefully Benny's uh, you know at least ninety percent fit and ready to go, because um, you don't like to see blows going out there underdone, because then the risk of injury is even more, especially head injuries for Benny, um, and that's mm. why he's um, you know played hardly any footy in the last twelve months, um, which you don't like to see anyone with those sort of doubts. Um, but Benny, the way he attacks a footy, mate, he <laughs> he's, yeah, and especially if you're not hundred percent, if you attack the footy like Benny, we know. Ben Rioli does, um, there is a potential danger to hurt yourself even more. So hopefully he displays a nice lead-up um, forward pocket role and um, kicks a couple of goals. Yeah, no, I, I'm not too sure. I don't think Majak is named as well, but Southern Districts will probably take over a few extra players getting on that ferry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for your prediction for that St. Mary's, do you think Saints can really... They've got some leeway to make that top three still, top five, but can you see them making the top three right now? Probably not the top three, but, um, yeah, if they scrape in the top five, then uh, it, it gives everyone a bit of a, a, you know, a bit of a warning or a bit of a, a scare, I guess, because um, mm. they, they, with the ends they've got, um, and, you know, Lockie's not even playing this week as well. So, you know, he's, he's a class act in himself. So... 
you know, I definitely see him being able to get above pints and buffs. Um, mm. And, you know, then, then that puts him in that top five. So from then on, it's any one season, I think. Yeah, well, I'm agreeing with you on that. I think if we're going to talk about teams that could win it from four or five, we haven't had that before in previous years. Um, I'd add the stats on that with Wanderers winning that fifth from fifth that one year. But every other year, fourth and fifth has gone pretty much out. The yep. next week, f- five's gone out first week, six out of eight. Four's gone out um, as well. So with the epilepsy round as well, Raf, how is that looking? How do you think that's progressing? Has the league sort of been keen on getting that to happen? Yeah, I've only had the one meeting, mate, and I uh, had a few phone calls yesterday. Me and Jonathan Paris are going to push and try and get that over the line, and hopefully we can get that for the final round of November. So if we do, we'll be coming out to chat to each footy club um, and try and get one of their players um, in their Premier League men's and women's side to either wear a pair of football boots, which we will find a sponsor to pay for, um, yep. and maybe some purple socks, um, just so it's a 1-in-24, um, you know, and then it brings a conversation um, because the stats on epilepsy are, are huge, mate, and I can talk about it forever, but this is just to get the warning out there, and not the warning, but, you know, to let you know what's hopefully coming. Um, so, yeah, and on that on that regards, Rob, that sort of, uh, I quickly touch as well also on the AFLW finals. Yep. Um, you know, Danielle Ponta, the girls didn't get the win on the weekend, so the the Crows um, are back this week. Um, so hopefully with Danielle, with the, she kicked the, the fastest goal in AFLW history on the weekend, so hopefully she backs mm. it up and, and, and does that again and kicks another three or four and gets the Crows over the line um, this weekend, mate. They are playing... Is it the Collingwood? The Collingwood, the Pies. So yeah. And then also Tigers North, I, I believe um, maybe the Tigers will get that one. Um, yep. What do you think on those AFLW finals, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the same way. I'm, I'm thinking outside of that, though, I think Melbourne are going to be very strong and Brisbane. So I think whoever's you know going to play those sides, I just gonna don't know if I can see them sort of beating yep. those two yeah, sides. Um, and so the AFL also announced the magic round, but yeah, the relevance awesome. there is that they've said they're going to do, go to every state. So I wonder, will it happen that they come to the territory? Yeah, that'll be unreal, mate. Imagine having every team play in the territory for one one weekend. Um, that'll be crazy to see. Um, it's awesome economy. to see from the AFL bringing something in like that. So mm. fingers crossed that they're looking at the territory for that as well, mate. Yeah, where, where do you think they'd play, though? They'd have to play a few games at Gardens, maybe, but would Gardens be too small? Like, it is a small oval. Oh, I think, yeah, you, you just have to squeeze everyone in as much as you can just to bring that community atmosphere, which we tend to love with, when the AFL comes to the NTFL itself. Um, and, you know, you, the, the people are so close being sighted on, you know, on, the, on the boundary line, so... Yeah. yeah. Also, um, just to wrap up, Rob, I watched a bit of t- 2020 cricket final last night, yep. and the England opening batsman put on a you know a record-breaking partnership. So yeah. they'll go into the finals now to play Pakistan in the T20 World Cup Grand Final, mate. So yeah, yeah I'm not a big cricket fan, but this, I flicked over and seen that happening, and that was a that was a sight to see. Yeah, I don't get around it too Your much. Your cousin, but... maybe Hale. He, yeah, yeah. He was opening batsman there for the <laughs> yep. for the Poms, and he he put on a clinic, mate. It was awesome to see. Yeah, no, it's great for him. Uh, what's plans for the weekends as well, Raf? What do you plans up to, for the mate? weekend? Unfortunately, we've stuck with a 10 a.m. Sunday game for us Div Two boys. So whether they all turn up a bit dusty or ready to go, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, my weekend. I got a couple of nieces' yeah. birthdays. Um, I tick those off. Family stuff. Hopefully, get the Saints and Nycliffe game yourself, mate. I would come to your game and watch, mate, but I've got church on Sunday at 10 a.m., mate. You know me, mate, going back and praying. So I'll be having a quiet weekend. I'm commentating Nycliffe and St. Mary's. You're listening to SEN Fridays, Rain and Horn Darwin. Find the place to ride Thanks, your guys. next. 
It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.